I am the law. Hey, guys, gutting the sacred cow. Wow, you guys are amazing. Why are you amazing? Because you single-handedly set new records for us, and we can't thank you enough. Single-day high record, shattered. Downloads for the week, shattered. Fantastic job. And especially for all those folks who came over from Compound Media and Anthony Cumia's fans, you guys came over in droves, and we can't thank you enough for that. And with that, we've got fantastic news, because who's our guest this week? The CEO of Compound Media, Mr. Anthony from Opie, and Anthony himself, Anthony Cumia. And he does the 1997 classic with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, Face Off. And you better believe Anthony gets a few John Travolta impressions in here. But before we get to it, don't forget... GuttingTheSacredCow.com. Why should you go there? We've got blogs every day. We've got our list of 10 uh, top 10 books that became great films for a surprise. Top 10 underrated films, so on and so forth. Go on there to get a shirt, mug, hat, bag, whatever. And for those of you who have not yet done so, please write us a five-star, give us a five-star rating and write us a two-sentence review. It, it does help. I know it sounds so dumb, but it does help. Thank you again for all our fans. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You guys have killed it. We cannot thank you enough so much, especially all you Compound Media followers. Thank you so much. And enjoy Anthony Akumia because he kills it here on Gutting the Sacred Cow, doing Face Off. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. How are you gutting the sacred cow? Here we are. Wow. Today we have an absolute goddamn treat for you. Anthony Kumia from Compound Media has decided to grace us with his presence. We've had on Jesus Christ. One, two, three, four of his employees, five total as we just had last week. Bill Schultz come back and take on Kevin Israel's favorite, one of favorites, Independence Day. And I All think right. It wasn't one of my favorites. Relax. Like I liked it. <laughs> a lot. You defended the shit out of it. So <laughs> Anthony Kumi was kind enough to have me on his show, and Anthony's a huge film fan. So I said, shit, why not ask the boss of Compound Media to come on and do a film? At first, he first asked to do a film. I said, oh, Jesus, you're going to make me sit through this again. He initially chose Irishman. Oh, I'm so three glad and a half hours. Oh, I am so too. Yeah, but, yeah. It, but he decided to call it an audible, thank God, and check down at the line of scrimmage and shows the 1997 classic Face Off, yes. Nicolas Cage. So we always start off with scores from the audiences. So IMDb, Anthony and Kevin, as we know, is a 1 to 10 rating. What did Face Off get from IMDb? Uh, I didn't check. I know that. That's I, why I have the answers right here. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to figure out what – now, what did the audience give it? IMDb rating overall. Rotten Tomatoes is next. I kind of misspoke. There, I but. would say the audience probably somewhere around 80, 85. No, so it's a, no, it's a 1 through 10 with decimal points. Oh, oh I thought that yeah. was – look at me. No, Rotten, I, Rotten, I tomato, Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll say then an 8, an 8.4. Eight four, Kevin Israel. What do you have? I was going to say an eight nine. Seven three for IMDb. Wow. Little wow. lower than I thought. Little lower. Critics. 
Rotten Tomatoes, this is the uh, one to 100 percentage. What did critics give Face Off? I, I think this was, I think this was a, was a, like, I think the critics really liked this. Oh I remember. God. Yeah, no, I got to think there's some star power in it. So I, I'm going to go a little higher than I would. I was going to say 50, but I'm, I'm going to say 60%. Kevin? Oh, I'm going I'm going way higher than that. I'm going to say 83. 92. Whoa, what? Oh my god. I, I my jaw dropped as well. I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. Audience score. What did they have? The uh, the I'm sure the audience must have loved this. I'm going to say 90. Yeah, yeah, they had to. You're right. Uh, I'll I'll 91. I'll do the price is right thing. <laughs> Damn your price is price is $1. right. 1 dollar. 82% oh, for the audience. Yeah. All right. A little shocking. The it, critics liked it better than the audience. That's weird. And especially oh, for, for a Wu film movie. like this. Exactly. Yeah, I guess they're all a bunch of hard-boiled fans. 1997, this film came out, as I mentioned. A budget at the time of $80 million. That brought in a haul of $245.7 million in 1997. Translated into 2020. A budget of 129 million, bringing in a haul of 398 million bucks. Not a bad payday. Three X plus investment. Yeah, that's it. Quotes. Kevin Israel, I can eat a peach for hours. If I if I let you suck my tongue, would you be ah, you took mine. By the way, that that line, all cage improv, no script. That's my guess. <laughs> no, you know what? I think you're wrong. Because later in the movie, she says it to him. Right. She goes, she goes, oh, I'm just sick of you asking me to suck your tongue. And I was like, wow, that's, that's the line they're going to lean on. Right. Uh. And the other line, too, of course, I wrote down, want to see what's in Papa's bag? Peaches. <laughs> Enough with the peaches. What a creepy fuck. Anthony, you any quotes? It. Any quotes about to you, Anthony? Uh, any... any it's actually anything that ever comes out of Travolta's mouth <laughs> while he's playing Pastor Troy. Right. Uh, because it, it's, it's also douchey in his delivery because he tries to deliver it like Nicolas Cage would. Uh, there's one where he's in the, in the uh, uh, prison with him. Right. And he holds up the newspaper. And, and God, get the exact uh, quote slips my mind. But he... Uh, Something like, you know, better than you could use lately. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's so douchey. It is, it is, it is goosebump inducing and not for a good reason. I uh, read not my five fun facts I have later, but I'll share this with you nonetheless. The two of them, Cage and Travolta, hung out for weeks so they could pick up each other's inflections, oh. intonations, body language, all that. So. Well, Imagine they didn't do a good job of it. Oh, no, no. Imagine the poor bastards that had to be party to those two hanging out and riffing with each other. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always like the line. I'm gonna take his face off. Off. Oh. And that was like a whole moment where they're all doing it. So, yeah, yeah. Like we get the name oh, of the movie because they were on drugs, man, <laughs> and that's what drugs does to people. This film is the epitome of having the title before the movie was made. Yes. <laughs> They're like, face off. We're going to write around the title for once. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Israel, any other quotes you have? No, you, the, the tongue sucking was the one that really made me want to vomit. Five fun facts. I know 
Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. Kevin Israel, this one's going to strike you right in the uh, in the in the heart. Rob Cohen from the Fast and Furious films was originally tapped to direct this film, but turned it down to make what film? Dragonheart. Oh well. <laughs> I haven't th- I haven't even thought of the movie Dragonheart till you said it in twenty years, probably. Nor has Sean Connery until that uh, <laughs> residual check came in the mail. I'm a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, pushy fire. <laughs> Here's one. This one is going to set all your balls on fire because this is the who was supposed to play who originally. And the first two names are going to get your dick so hard. Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were considered to play this film. But when John Woo signed on, he shot that down. Can you imagine this? Fucking I movie? wish I could have seen that movie. Me? Two. Oh my God! Yeah. I'm Michael- trying to imagine like the Arnold voice. <laughs> yes, when he finally has it, because at one point uh, he does uh, that. That throat thing goes where right. he, he changes his voice. So you'd have to have what? Either either Stallone talking like this, or you have <laughs> Arnold going like, "Hey, yeah, I'm your husband." It would be even more ridiculous than uh, the movie is. Hey, oh, would you, uh, would you, if you, I'd let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? <laughs> I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> also considered to be in the role, Michael Douglas, who also executive produced this film, Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford were originally thought about pairing in the film. And post heat, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino was considered oh, God. this. Could you? No, I, I don't even want to no. think about that. That scenario. Uh, wow, I never thought Cage and Travolta were, were the uh, good choice. Oh, oh, Anthony, I have two more combinations. I'm going to save the best one for last. Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. Not a bad one. Not you bad. You can huh. almost see that. Yeah, yeah. And that feels like it would be the same movie. Exactly. And this yeah. one, if you thought Stallone and Schwarzenegger were going to get you rock solid, how about Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal? Oh, man. I would have paid uh, to see that film five times in a row if they would have made that one. You know, if we can scrape up 10 grand, we can probably get them to make that movie now. (laughs) I I think people probably figured, uh, I'm ready to suspend disbelief, but there's no way you could get that fat face (laughs) uh, onto Jean-Claude Van Damme's skinnier uh, did you guys ever watch Lawman, the cop show Seagal did on AMC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so great watching them have to cut away anytime there was anything remotely faster than a jog required by Seagal. <laughs> His bitch teeth were going to knock him out before the fucking suspect had a chance to knock him out. Number hey, three. Isn't it ironic that Michael Douglas got throat cancer from eating peaches? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what happened. Well, by the I way, did we, ever, did we identify that, that it was Catherine Zeta-Jones' box that had the hot dose that gave him the HPV? In, in this day and age, the truth is second to a good story. Ain't so that the truth? We all want it to be true, so <laughs> it is true. Yeah. If that's not on his, on his uh, headstone when he dies, it's going to be a waste of a story. <laughs> if, there's yeah, box to, if there's a box to get cancer from, that's one of them, I would say. <laughs> exactly. I'm in a box because I ate a box. <laughs> because I... <laughs> That's great. 
Number three, John Woo had to pay for the rights to have Over the Rainbow out of his own pocket because the studio thought that would not work. And, of course, got reimbursed when, this, when the movie was an ultra success. Number four. I think they were right that it didn't work. But yeah, it was, 100%. It's such a, a stupid scene. If it didn't send shivers up your butthole, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah. Number four, here's who turned down the role of Caster Troy, Mark Wahlberg. Huh? Um, uh, I'll let off a big missile. You want to see a missile in my pants? I'll show you a big missile, huh? <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the movie he did in the 90s where he was a nutcase Fear? boyfriend? Fear. Fear. So, I, I mean, I could kind of see him. He was, that, was, that, was, that was decent. Especially yeah. when he's finger-popping Alicia Silverstone on a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. He gets a high five for me for that one. Let me in the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Last one. One of the rejected ways to have Castro Troy into a coma was for him to fall from a control tower. But they changed it because of, you know, common sense. <laughs> the jet engine made a lot more sense. Oh, we're going to get into that. But we're going to hear someone else who had a hell of a take on this as he re- re- recently rewatched this film with none other than Dave Landau. So, Anthony Cumia, it is now your turn to gut, gut the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Face Off is one of these movies that um, – and there's a couple of these. And this is why I had such a hard time picking a movie. I love hate movies. Like, like I have, and I know people have their guilty pleasures and things, but there's, if I hate a movie so badly, I consistently watch it because <laughs> I love to hate a movie. Some that fall into this category are Twister. Twister is a great movie where I am embarrassed the entire time. I'm, I'm masochistic when it comes to movies I cannot stand, and I will watch them over and over again. Independence Day, which you just uh, mentioned, Bill Schultz um, uh, watching. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Love it. And, and <laughs> Face Off falls into that category. I watch it, and there's nothing but contempt during the time I'm watching. I cannot stand every single aspect of this movie. The directing, the, I guess it's supposed to be called acting. Uh, it, it's all shit. The special effects, every time I see it, I think about Beavis and Butthead when they sit there and go, uh, these special effects aren't very special. <laughs> it's like John Woo got a, a cheap buy of a shitload of fireworks, just stock fireworks, and threw them everywhere <laughs> to blow things up. That, that's, that's what blew up. It was literally like you see at Disney at Epcot. Uh, at the end of the night. Those are, that's their special effect. I can't stand it. Right from the start, this movie starts, and, and you're supposed to figure out uh, who the bad guy is, Caster Troy. The, the character development is, is the shallowest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Instant bad. He gets out of the car in slow motion, and the cape jacket he's wearing just for the two seconds that he walks from the car to the plane, where some uh, uh, crony, some you know, one of these uh, cronies in movies, uh, takes it off and puts something else, gives him his golden guns. <laughs> so it's all this, it's so, uh, um, like, shallow. It, it's just, there's nothing to it that makes you think about the characters. They're just given to you. The same thing with the, uh, Travolta's daughter. Is right. she a bad girl? 
Is she supposed to be one of these rambunctious teen girls that doesn't She's like She's got a movie? nose ring. Of course. She yeah. loves the movie The Craft. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. She just, you know, she's got her bad makeup and the nose ring, and it's, oh, dad, and goes out, and we go, ah, 3.2 seconds, and I know exactly what her story is. She gets right. hand jobs. She is the yes. president of the Courtney Love fan club on the internet. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the, the Travolta's wife, just this boring, matronly woman. Now, Travolta's no kid in this movie. It's not what, you know... He, wasn't, he didn't have to take time off from Welcome Back, Cotter, to make this movie. <laughs> we know he's already been in a few movies, and he's, uh, he's not a kid, but it looked like he was playing the role of uh, her son. Like, she yes. just comes off as this older, uh, uh, not fun, not exciting woman. Uh, and, and, I said and she was like the aunt. Thing that they do, this whole uh, rubbing the Waterfall? Face. The, is that what it is? Yeah, the, the waterfall. Because it goes. Why down. do you know that? Because I did a lot of fucking research for <laughs> this goddamn show. Your that? family does that. That's the goatee family <laughs> thing, isn't it? Hi, mom. Hi, dad. <laughs> isn't that how the, those two woman women uh, killed Kim Jong Un's cousin in the airport? They just oh. like had some poison on their hand and did the waterfall. Yes. <laughs> First of all, it's just plain unsanitary in these days of COVID. It should right? be edited out of the movie, like Gone with the Wind and stuff. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't have somebody touching someone's face. Dr. Fauci gives the movie a, a one. Imagine <laughs> being at their that. family reunion as a date, and they just come up and start rubbing your face. You're like, what the fuck is this family about? Rubbing their face. What a weirdo fucking family. It'd be, it'd be weirder if they're all wearing hijabs and then doing the, uh, the waterfall. <laughs> That'd be even weirder. Yeah. So, so now you have John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta, two always bad over-the-top actors. Now they have to over-the-top each other in this movie. So you get this cacophony of horrible dialogue and acting uh, where these two are trying to be each other, and you don't even for a second believe that either one is the other's personality no. in that, that different fa- phase. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's Travolta acting badly and Cage acting badly in a script that is so beyond being able to suspend disbelief, like I said. The effects, the only good effects were the removing of the face. Like, like I, when they were in that uh, makeshift warehouse hospital, yeah, that they're doing this amazing experiment. It's like where the Joker in the in the, in the Nicholson Batman film got his got sewed up with that same kind of a fucking layout. <laughs> they're doing a type of surgery that is would be in this amazing surgery in what amounts to a, a chemical warehouse looking thing from yeah one of, one of those uh, thug movies. So you got uh, the special effects look pretty good, taking the face off thing, the laser that looked pretty good. But there are so many inconsistencies that they just can't really explain away and you're supposed to just go, all right, like the weight, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the eyes, uh, the teeth, the inside. Uh, yeah, the, the teeth was a thing. Yep, yep. Like there are things that, that just don't uh, jive with. You can't just smash someone's face on there. And then right. we're supposed to be led to believe that only the face came off and, and the bodies were the same. 
Well, right. you could just shave some chest hair off. Right. Their body types are completely different. And well, they, they and they, they gloss that over. They Very gloss much that over. So. They, they, go, they go height, eyes, that's negligible. Yeah, yeah, Is negligible. It? <laughs> two, oh, really? two, in, two inch height difference. I think I would notice when someone's <laughs> two inches shorter I, than what I am. To the guy's brother who's so hyper paranoid, he notices everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, we don't worry, need to worry about that. What about when Joan Allen mistakenly fucks Travolta slash Nicholas Cage? He goes, wait a minute, that's not your dick. You curved to the yeah. left and upward. <laughs> Yeah, because he says uh, later on, I think Castor Troy, as John Travolta, or John, no, John Travolta with Castor Troy in him, uh, says something to the effect of, I don't know what's worse, having your face or your body. Right. He says that in the movie, which makes you go, wait, you just totally fucked up what you said earlier. Yep. With the movie's body off there. Take his body off. It's not right. face off. It's all fucking thing. <laughs> Why didn't they just do that? Because that would at least make it plausible. And it's ridiculous anyway. So that's a great. That's a great point. Yeah, they they completely <laughs> fucked that up uh, with that one line. And uh, yeah, then the, the the little story with the woman. What's her name? She's uh, the pretty um, woman there. That's in there. Not pretty woman. Oh, G- oh, Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. She's got a kid that she so cares about. But she's a fucking terrible, horrible yeah. murderer <laughs> sociopath. Yeah. She guns down people with just no regard. Hey, but she did tell the kid never to do that. Yeah, it's she, right. She did say, don't ever do that, honey. So, right. That so there was, was some parenting. The, um, somewhere over the rainbow se- segment of the movie <laughs> where they put the, the, the headphones, headphones on the little kid and play somewhere over the rainbow while there is irreparable damage done to his psyche as he's just watching people being murdered uh, all around him. That kid is going to be so screwed up. Every time the kid, every time the kid went to take a, every time the kid went to take a jog down the beach and put on headphones, he's gonna have, he's gonna duck and cover for Christ's sakes. Oh yeah, anytime Thanksgiving or Christmas rolls around and yeah. the Wizard of Oz comes on, he's gonna yeah. grab a, a kitchen knife and just start stabbing people. Well, it's they, never uh, over. It's never over. <laughs> as a firearm aficionado, would a pair of headphones playing somewhere over the rainbow be enough to cover up? A multi-gun gunfight going on in close oh. quarters indoors. No, of course not. <laughs> if you had genuine protective earphones that you use at a shooting range, it still would be loud. And he's just got this crappy headphones on. With he looks so happy though. Playing. Yeah, I, I always think of what's that? I was say Fisher Price headset is yeah. not going to cure tinnitus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what you see at the police rangers. They're all wearing little Fisher Price headsets yeah. <laughs> while they're target shooting. Uh, yeah. So, so it, it, it continues with them to going through this ridiculous John Woo gunfight sequences where instead of just taking careful aim and making sure someone's dead, you fling your body sideways and shoot like this uh, and, of course, hit everybody again. Action movie stuff, I get it, but it's so over the top. Again, way over the top. Uh, this move always cracks me up. Yeah, oh, that never Why happened. would you do this? Why not just do this and then, I don't know, this move. Wouldn't the, re- just wouldn't, wouldn't the recoil, like, wouldn't the, wouldn't the recoil, but like, kind of almost damn near break your arms or something like, or close to? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get that one either. Oh, you bring up the, the jet engine thing, yeah. The right. jet engine thing at the beginning, um, how, how Castor Troy is, is 
killed uh, in that. They're having a conversation, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, in a closed room with a jet engine running. Yeah. It's running. Remember, yeah. it turns on yeah, at one point. And a jet engine's running, and they're literally, you know, talking to each other like this and stuff. <laughs> it, 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 it's so stupid. And then I guess they crank up the, the gas, and he gets pushed in front of it. And so not a singe mark on him. Yeah, wouldn't he have that been incinerated? Face, yeah, yeah. Uh, Archer would be accused of uh, walking around in blackface right. if, if they actually had Nicholas Cage's post-jet engine face. <laughs> right. The one note I had on here about the fucking... Uh, yeah, of course the jet engine doesn't kill Nicolas Cage because he's tougher than the Hulk, Chuck Norris, and Magnus Magnuson combined, <laughs> right? Fuck out of here with that nonsense. A jet engine at full speed throws him against an iron mesh. Yeah. And uh, no props. He should have been like Sarah Connor was in Terminator 2 when the fucking nuclear bomb goes off where her flesh just disappears from her yeah, fucking skeleton. And then ash. Defense. Yes. Uh, these, this, these two guys take more bodily damage in a non-superhero movie and survive without an ounce of injury right. more than I think any other movie I've ever seen. It's so bad. And then when, when all said and done, like you think the movie's over in the, the, the church scene, you know, here's where you just get it over with. The, the uh, doves fly off and there's more slow motion. A lot of a lot of the guns in each other's face uh, from two feet away thing that we love so much. And then someone just decided to go, eh, it's coming in a little. You know, we need a boat chase. For 20 fucking minutes. Fucking nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere, we need a speedboat chase. Where did that come from? I forgot all about the boat chase. I, I was sure it ended in the church. And then yeah, I got on the boat and I was like, in the church. boat? They have this boat chase out of nowhere. Someone just said, I want boat chase. <laughs> I produce I want boat chase. That's a and horrible like, John Woo impression. Anthony, that's a horrible John Woo impression right there. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe that was the job. He, uh, so there's these two speedboats conveniently located at the same dock. And these guys just are experts at driving uh, speedboats. Uh, another shitload of police officers are killed on a police boat because they can't hit anything. And from a moving speedboat, Pastor Troy and John Travolta's body just wipes out the entire police force on a police <laughs> boat. Uh, and then they chase, they bump a little, one boat explodes, they're fighting in the other boat. Uh, an amazing flipping of the boat when it hits the shore. They land on the beach, and uh, much like uh, Yosemite Sam or oh, or Elmer, Elmer Fudd, Fudd. They, they brush off the carbon from the explosions, <laughs> or yeah, shake their head, maybe <laughs> fine again, and they go to a, a fist fight on the beach where Caster Troy, of course, spoiler by John Travolta, uh, yeah, is stabbed with a spear gun that is conveniently in the speedboat. Right. And then shoots him with it just to make sure. The, yeah. the, the harpoon gun was in the boat, I think, initially. Right. And then after that whole flipping explosion and everything, it happens to end up right near where he needed it to be. Gotta love that, huh? Chekhov's gun yet again. It's that realism. And then uh, 
and then they have to do the face-off thing back again. I, I don't. I, I, again, their faces are fine. He could do it again. By the way, if you remember, the doctors, the people that knew about all this, were murdered. Yeah, they were right. all murdered in that hospital thing, which was also burnt to the ground. It exploded. Uh, somehow, they were able to just build another face-off hospital. Get doctors <laughs> like it's like, yeah, I'm a I'm a podiatrist, but what do you want me to do? Do you want me to take this guy's face and put it on this guy with all this equipment I've never seen in my Could life? Could you make him look like John Travolta again? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> like no one knew about this except those people. That was the whole th- reason to kill those people. So no one could possibly fix this. They went on WebMD and found a doctor. Yeah. In a hey. week, they had everything built, new equipment. Can we get to the guy from a burn unit to come over here who does graphs every day and just cross our fingers and hope for the fucking best? <laughs> yeah, hope, hope for the best. But uh, no, it was uh, Travolta comes back through the door in that slow motion shot with the family and brings Pastor Troy and Gina Gershon's little boy into the house. Who looked like neither of them. Who looked like, yeah, neither of them. Uh, the daughter is now, it looks like she came off of the 700 Club church show. <laughs> got, her hair is totally straight. Her, she dare not take the evil curling iron to her hair anymore. <laughs> no makeup. She looks 12. It, it's like she is straight and narrow now. And, uh, the little I'm sorry I shot does, you, Daddy. She yeah. does the thing to the, to the fucking, yeah, the, when she gets that line, I'm sorry I shot you, Daddy. You go, was that in the script or this idiot thought <laughs> no. that and then forgot or the editor was like, he dozed off when that frame went by? <laughs> huh? Well, I guess nothing was in there. I should have cut out. Guys, we're <laughs> on a deadline. We got to go. Leave that in there. Let's just, we can't do it again. Yeah. We're, we're burning daylight. This, okay? we're, we're at a I meal a penalty already. To edit. <laughs> Anthony, you don't bullshit. You know there was no editing during that speedboat chase. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> editing? Why? Uh, and then Travolta's fine. He's, he's got his regular face and everything. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking, what type of adoption agency would give the son of the guy that murdered his son to the cop that killed him. Like, this is fucking... They, they, there's no way they give that kid to him. But, again, there it is. A happy a happy ending. Oh. Uh, good luck explaining how you adopted him uh, <laughs> it, when he gets a little older and starts disliking you. To be starts f- making a hero of the dead real father, and you're the piece of shit when you have to tell him, yeah, by the way, I see a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, he never really knew his dad, so it's not like he had any kind of emotional attachment to the guy. The kid's in flood. The kid's in shell shock for like the last forty-five minutes oh, of the yeah, yeah. film. So it's I, oh, he's going to be. But I see your point. In fucking uh, nursery school. Yeah, the kid still has PTSD from somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> the kid is going to end up on Travolta's chest like Karen did in Goodfellas, putting a gun <laughs> yeah, at his yeah, head. Yeah. He's going to have the documents about what happened. Yeah. What is this? There's a oh, whoa. Yeah, there's dead, right? there's a whoa in 3R. <laughs> there's a whoa. Janet, Rossi is a whoa in 3R. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Israel, I'm going to do my notes first. And boy, do I have notes. 
The first thing I wrote down, I bet every time the PA had to go to get Nicolas Cage from his trailer, that PA had to watch Nicolas Cage rip a vicious rail of coke and yell, Whoa, let's fucking do this! (laughs) It's not a John Woo film unless there are 18 slow-mo shots of the wind blowing apart someone's coat. That's it. As Anthony mentioned. And of course the flight attendant that uh, Cage shot in the beginning, beginning was FBI. She was a five at best. All those private jet attendants are Vegas nines or tens. Duh. Dead giveaway. Good point. Another fallacy. Yeah. I know terrorists are not obviously stable, but Cage gives less than zero fucks because the pilot says... Engine fire. Nicholas Cage says, bang, bang. Ah, hope you can fly a plane, Cage. Minute 18. I'm exhausted of saying that doesn't happen. <laughs> Joan Allen could and can still get it. I find her so fucking sexy. Especially oh, really? Born Ultimatum. Oh, there's something about her. She's in this too. The mom? Yeah. Go watch Born what? Ultimatum. Yeah. Go look it's at Joy. Go look recently. at I don't know. She's not even good for like Brazzers' stepmom. Stop point. it. Go watch her. It's <laughs> great. Go watch other films. All right, between her and you mentioned this before, Anthony, in Twister, Helen Hunt. I like Helen Hunt. So oh, wow. Why do you like all these average doughy looking women? She's first of all, first of all, first of all, they are not doughy. For, go see Helen Hunt. There's a film that's called like the, the 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 sessions. She's a sex therapist who fucks this kid who's like immobile, and she gets naked, and there's not an ounce of fat in her body. So there. you latched onto her one part. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, ball she had. She's not doughy. She's maybe okay. Average, I'll give you, but there's something about those two. I don't know. Okay, the overacting in this film has set a new standard that has yet to be surpassed. How about that? Uh, John Travolta did to the daughter's attacker what Uncle Buck should have done to Bug in the movie Uncle Buck. <laughs> Good to see Gina Gershon getting work after Showgirls. Good for her. An hour and 35 in, I say this movie drags. I love when Travolta karate chopped his boss and said heart attack and did that instant medical diagnosis in less than five seconds. Hey, John, <laughs> wait till they do an autopsy and they find out yeah. his trachea is crushed. How about that? Right, he hit him in the throat and then the back of the neck and they're like, they're never going to find this. And, and then- how about he calls the people in, like he still calls for a heart attack. Right. They could have come in and revived this guy. Right. Who knows? And let's fast forward even more where Travolta goes back to work and they go, hey, wait a minute. He died of not a heart attack, but of a blow to the sternum or trachea. And he was in your office. So you're fucking fired. And so it's you. I'm not talking about your damn word, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) The story Travolta told, uh, well, Nicolas Cage, Travolta as Nicolas Cage told Joan Allen about there on the date and how she broke a tooth on a rye seed. Does he lean over and say, I guess blowjobs are out for tonight, huh? (laughs) The boat scene goes on. Yeah, right. The boat scene goes on longer than any hand job I've ever had. By the way, 10 more minutes of that boat chase scene, this would have turned out to be speed two cruise control. <laughs> and you think that the very end where John Travolta hugs Joan Allen, do you think Joan Allen whispered in his ear, can you do all the things that other Sean Archer did to me? <laughs> Instead of your lazy lovemaking playbook that has put us in this rut of a marriage for the last 15 years. <laughs> Kevin Israel, I find this, listen, I get it. I get this film is an action. No, turn your fucking brain off. Just chill out for two hours and 20 minutes, by the way. Way too long for a film of this nature. I get it. This is a guilty pleasure. I own this film, but I must say the dust did come flying off when I pulled it out of my shelf. 
Will I watch? Does it pass the remote test? Anthony, the remote test is if you catch us on cable at any point, do you drop the remote and watch it at any part? And the answer for me is a vicious no. This movie. Yeah, it's, it's a no. It, it, it's a no. It, it, if it's a certain part, I might watch that certain part. Sure. And then uh, I'm done. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It no. may it may hook you in, but it's going to break the line and get away. I give this movie a four. I just I, Bill, and Bill Schultz called call me a communist last night. I can't. Th- how can you defend this film other than a guilty pleasure? It's and it's way 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 over the top. I love action films. My favorite genre. But like you said, Anthony, the plot is paper fucking thin. The character are, are, are as deep as the Kardashians' personalities. It's it's not yeah. good. And it's the action good. isn't even really good. Like, I, I, I love uh, John Wick. I love those movies. Love because, it. Oh, yeah. love and it. it's not so much the amazing story or acting, even though there are a couple of really good actors in, in it. But the, the action is so crazy and fun to watch. The action in this, it's so dated. It, it reeks of the 90s. Uh, that whole, like I said, the two feet away with the gun, the, the diving, shooting, and things like that. It's, it's kind of comical now to watch when you have movies like John Wick where they're friggin' these guns are going everywhere. He's throwing knives. Right. Like, that's kind of a new thing. It didn't age well also, which uh, uh, comes into play with the face-off. Sure. But I will say what your point with 90s action. And one film I find near and dear to my heart, I think Kevin does too, is Demolition Man. Same oh, style yeah. of acting, but that, chill, that shit still holds up beautifully. But yeah, that movie yeah. was created like a cartoon. That movie was supposed to be a cartoon-type movie. This movie was supposed to sort of exist in the real world yeah. where they were – trying to justify, like they tried to explain the procedure of the face transplant and it's like, just nerves, <laughs> yeah, just say stop. nerves and muscles and that's what the, you need to know. Um, so, yeah, I give it a four out of 10. Kevin Israel, your notes. So I, I, I also hyper picked this apart, but you both did a really good job of just tearing the meat off of the bones. So I, I'm going to go a little, uh, a little uh, just wider of my issues with this movie. First of all, Anthony, I am a when you when you said this reeks of the '90s to me, I am set, I'm a product of the '90s, and yeah. I love everything that reeks of the '90s. So when Kev told me that you picked Face Off, I was like, "Oh, great! I love that movie. This is going to be awesome." And I haven't seen that movie probably in two decades. <laughs> yeah. And so I sat down to watch it, and the whole time I was like, "What did I like about this movie? <laughs> I just don't I don't remember what I liked about it." First of all, the entire time I was waiting for Nick Cage to go, I'm just a dude dressed up as a dude trying to pretend to be I'm another dude. Like, what, 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 who, they pick these characters, and then, like, we get it. We get it that Caster Troy is a, is a dirty asshole who grabs choir girls' asses and looks like he's coming in his pants. Like, <laughs> we, like, like that's all they gave us about, these, about this character. Like, you get it? He's dirty. And then they just move on. And if he was such a filthy just sadistic deviant bastard he would have tried to bang john travolta's daughter like that oh, would have yeah. happened oh yeah and it would have been this weird like i i really wanted that horribleness to happen they but then suddenly he became like kind of a dad and was like let me show you how to stab a guy and then like like no that's not who that guy was that guy was a horrible selfish sociopath psychopath not this, like, he suddenly became, like, I, I just didn't buy into the whole character thing. Yeah. But the, my, my, initially, my big problem was with the procedure, like you said. 
there's nothing that would have justified in anybody's mind John Travolta ending up looking like Nick Cage and vice versa. And they gave you this helmet thing that they said, we just put this on their face and then we put their face over it and then we attach the muscles. Well, how do you attach the muscles if they has this glass thing over his face? How does that... And if you've made their face bigger, how does the face... That doesn't even... They should have left that whole thing out and just said, we just do it. Don't worry about it. You don't need to know. Um, and then the the whole Nick Cage's... Or, or John Travolta, I don't even know. Caster Troy was was supposed to be like a genius. He was supposed to be like a criminal genius. He would have known to behave like Sean Archer. Like, he would have known, like, I'm in his house now. I should probably kind of act like him and not like some theatrical weirdo whose wife's going to be, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he didn't even attempt to be Sean. At least, at least Nick Cage was like, I should be, be that character. I should try to behave like him. And you saw him going back and forth about it. John Travolta was like, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to be this weirdo and everybody's going to accept yeah, it because yeah. I look like him. Nobody's going to think anything of it. But then at the, the end, I really thought the end of the movie would have been so much cooler if when he cut his face, when he, at the end when he cut his face, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a good idea. Like, fuck you. You're going to kill me, but you're never going to get to look like this again. Right. And then they're just like, no, nah, you can look exactly like that again. And at that, that moment, that kind of cool psychopath had no meaning. It held no weight. Yeah, it, held it didn't nothing. even. It did. You know why? He was cutting himself exactly where right. they make the stitches <laughs> to cut, or the laser thing to cut his face off. Why didn't he just right. drag it right across right. his face? But again, if they're able to fix the uh, face off, should have been a movie about an amazing machine that can get rid of people's scars and help women <laughs> whose face has been chewed off by a chimpanzee that didn't get a birthday cake up in Connecticut. Like that's, that's what the movie should have been. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I would have really liked it if the movie ended with him not being able to get his appearance back and he had yeah. to go through the rest of his life looking like Castor Troy and that, that, that he would have had to live with these twisted demons of like, I'm, I, everybody knows who I am now, but I still see my arch enemy in this oh, and like yeah, his wife leaves him and he ends up being a drunk and like his whole life falls apart, but he won. So and then he goes on bath salts underneath an overpass and then carves <laughs> his own face apart ironically to end the lurid tale that began his life. <laughs> yeah. But my one, my one, my last point, my one point of nitpicking was at the very end when he walks back into the house and his wife's like, Oh, and the whole family's like, Oh my God, why the fuck weren't they at the hospital with him? Why were yeah. they just waiting at home for him to come home? And who drove him home? Like, what? you didn't come to the hospital. Like, God knows how long this recovery period took. Yeah, and you, would, yeah. you were just waiting for me at home to just Dude, walk in by con myself? Contamination, bro. They can't. <laughs> it's fresh wounds, yeah. for Christ's sakes. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, the movie didn't hold up for me. I really, I was, I was excited about it. And then everything just came crashing down. The 90s is ruined for me. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> um, I give it, I'm, I'm going to go a little higher. I give it a five. I was, I, this movie, it was, an, it, I was really ambivalent about it. And I, I watched most of it last night. And then I had to watch the very end this morning. And I actually forgot that I had to watch the ending. And my wife walked in and was like, did you ever watch the design. ending of Face Off? And I was like, I thought I saw it. No, I didn't see the ending. I have to go back and watch it. Not so yeah, it's, design, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a hard five for me. This movie's a facial episiotomy is what it comes down to. Not a fan. Anthony, give me a score on one to 10. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a five also. Uh, okay. this is one of those movies that if you are watching it, you're not uh, edge of your seat watching it. You're literally no. on the couch like this. You start, you know, at the, two, at the one, 
one and a half hour mark, you're starting to look around the room and just like, ah, am I really committed to this? It's um, it's not good. And again, yeah, I, I love things from the 90s, some of the great indie films that came out, uh, you know, a lot of bad uh, indie films too, but uh, all that. So watching this uh, showed you how sometimes you watch an 80s movie and it's just infected with 80s and you go, oh, that movie's just wrecked. Uh, because it's so affected by the 80s. This has the same thing with the 90s. Yep. It's just too affected by, by what was going on in the 90s in film. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a hard watch, yeah. I'll give you two that I just rewatched about the, from the 80s that I said, ooh, just, ooh. Tango and Cash, not oh, good. Oh, I know. I know. So bad. <laughs> and ready for this was even worse. Harley Davidson, The Marlboro Man. Oh, oh yeah. But that wasn't. But that wasn't a, a good movie when it came out. No, like, nobody even thought that. Like Face Off, people were like, "This is a great movie." I bought oh. it. I bought it. I walked out of the theater. So I'm gonna go buy this in six months on DVD. And I don't think I've pulled it out. And I, again, 15 years is is conservative. I just what, you know who loves funny. Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man? Mickey Rourke because he of likes course to he look does. at his face and go, "That's what it used to look like." That's what <laughs> I was going greatest, for. Uh, one of the greatest bits on the old O and A show was when uh, Jimmy Norton was talking to Patrice O'Neill about Face Off, and Patrice is like, "Oh my God, I love that movie. It's great." And Jimmy looks at him and goes, what? No, it's not. And proceeded to rip the movie apart. <laughs> and within a few minutes, Patrice looks over and goes, damn, that movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> and it was just, Jimmy convinced him, I think that's what you need. You get so caught up in, on paper, it should be a good movie. And then in execution, when you, someone explains it to you or you see it again, you're kind of like, oh, fuck, yeah, that sucks. So let's get into our... I'm oh, sorry, Kevin, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you also sort of end up mushing together Nick Cage's other movies that came around out right around that time. The Snake Rock Eyes. And, yeah, yeah, Snake oh, Eyes. Terrible. Snake I rewatched that again a couple weeks ago. That I hated the theater. I go, ah, maybe I'll give it another go. Thank God Con it's only in a half. Well, Con Air is fucking great. Let's, let's not get Con it. Con Air. Just yeah. watched it the other day. And The again. Rock. Yeah. And The Rock was a good The Rock was a good movie. So I think you just see all of these other movies and you go, Oh yeah, Face Off was good, just like those other other movies. No. What was when he did was it Kiss of Death? It was at he was at Gangster where he's bench pressing that stripper. Damn girl, what you been eating? Remember that? Bad. I digress. But let's do some critics. Five star reviews. Critics. Five star reviews. Critics. Five star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. I won't pretend that I completely enjoyed it, but it certainly has a few elements that I've never seen before. Action aficionados will undoubtedly slobber all over themselves. A gorgeously shot, repetitively violent, occasionally repellent sometimes, and consistently trashy fantasy. Face off as a masterpiece equal to the action classics. Seven Samurai, The Wild Bunch, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Three films that should never be lumped in together, period, let alone with Face Off. I like good food. Like lobster <laughs> and Skittles. <laughs> and cotton candy. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Face Off makes bad movies look worse and makes the making of good movies look like the most thrilling work in the world. And my personally favorite... Critics five-star review, overwrought sci-fi crime thriller. Not for kids. Was this sci-fi? 
No, and it's rated R for a reason. <laughs> That's a five-star review? It sure is. <laughs> wow. Now, we're going to the Critics One Star Reviews. Critics One Star Reviews. Critics One Star Reviews. For all its fiery explosions, Face Off just kind of implodes. After seeing this numbing action flick, I'm still stumped what all, the, what all the hype is about. So many critics and viewers around the country marveled at this movie, but for what? It's not a horrible movie, but it certainly isn't very good. Style overwhelms any hope of discerning story or acting through the haze of burning, crashing, bleeding, and exploding. And now my favorite review, a $100 million movie with a $3 plot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's giving it a dollar ninety nine too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want change with that asshole. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. These are the user reviews, Anthony. This is where fourth grade educations come to shine. Right. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. Whoever put John Travolta and Nick Cage, two of the sexiest men in the world and two of the best actors alive today, together in a film was genius. No other two actors could have pulled off this movie so well and so right. I hope no one can really trade faces with people like this. The result in this case is really something to see. This is an action-packed film that will keep you glued to your seat, wanting to see what will happen next. It's a fantastic showing of good versus evil. Whoever wrote this film is a genius. Oh. Signed John Sign. Wu. John, yeah. <laughs> Sign. N- NC and JT. <laughs> That's great. Next one. Watching, watching John Travolta and Nick Cage romp around. I get it because Travolta is gay. Is that your insinuation, kind writer? <laughs> romp. romp around for two and, a, two and a half blessed hours was worth every penny I could have spent on it. Face Off will always be a timeless classic that I watch with family and friends. No matter how much they tell me to, quote, Pick a better movie. Pick a better movie. Parentheses like they know anything. The, <laughs> the subtle romantic subplot between the two, Castor and Sean, was a clever and Machiavellian intricacy that would probably go over a lot of people's heads. 10 out of 10. Amazing. Does it describe this movie well enough? This guy watched wow. a different movie. Sign the guy who signed a Spencer Gifts manager in the mall. (laughs) (laughs) You will love it so much. You'll. I'm reading this verbatim. You will love it so much. You'll start face waterfalling everyone you love. (laughs) Face waterfall. Oh, yeah. So that's where you got the term from. Yeah. See. What a creep. Bought to go along with one of those sequin pillows that is colored one way and an image of Nick Cage in this instance. The other, a white elephant gift. It was awesome. I like how they loved their Amazon purchases with what they got as a yeah. white Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Your stupid tacky <laughs> pillow. I bought a pot, an iPod charger, and this movie. It was good. <laughs> Which TSA worker from LaGuardia, LaGuardia wrote this review is my question. <laughs> Amazon one-star reviews. Oh, Anthony, these are our favorite by far. Oh, yeah. Amazon one-star reviews. Don't buy or rent it. It is filled with slandering God's name in vain. 
Oh, my. We saw that coming. <laughs> yep. The entire film is centered around Nicolas Cage trying to bang John Travolta's wife and daughter or over the course of two and a half hours. It will make you cringe. Also, there is no motive ever explained for why Nicolas Cage's character does any of the things he does. And one final comment from a card-carrying, bleeding-heart liberal. Hollywood liberals get upset over the rash of school shootings and police killings in America yeah. over the past couple of decades, and they get all indignant and exercise over the political ag- aggression excuse me, of the NRA. While I find some agreement with them, they should also take a look in their own back lots if they seriously want to discover one of the causes of America's boys' fascination with guns and violence. Face-off is as good as an example as any. Just saying. Sign, the guy with HBO Max said, no more guns for Yosemite, Sam and Elmer Fudd. What the hell? This guy's, this guy's tearing down a Confederate statue somewhere. I've got three more <laughs> that are just so great. Truthfully, they're the best. Yeah, yeah. Truthfully speaking, it sucked and was pretty much the worst movie I've ever seen. Except for another, of course, another bad movie I've seen, UHF with Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al's like, why are you pulling me into why, this? Yeah, thing? why throw that in? Yeah. What did I do? Someone's not a fan of Amish Paradise, apparently. Asshole. <laughs> Even Weird Al is unsafe from fucking Scatterfire. <laughs> I accompanied some frenzied drunk software people on a bus to Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. We know where that is, asshole. One fine afternoon, as if their loud, intoxicating musings were not enough, the organizer of the trip decided we should all watch movies since she was so kind and organized, spell with an S instead of the Z, you Canadian fuck, to have them, to have brought them. She also took the trouble. This was her first week of work as the group's administrative assistant to make Rice Krispie treats. Most people were thrilled, cheering about what a nice admin she is. I whispered to my friend, he is the one who has to work with these software people every day, not me. It is her first week. She's still kissing ass. Of course she made Rice Krispie treats. We'll see how long that lasts. Whatever the case, we had to. Just like being in elementary school again, vote on which videos to watch. We end up watching Face Off, and oh, how I could have done without it. <laughs> Chapter three. I know. Dear Diary. Little Tommy <laughs> John pulled my hair on the bus. I think that means he likes me as he grabbed my earlobes. <laughs> Last and certainly not least, my friend loves this film. My friend also loves Pauly Shore films, so that doesn't mean much. You will not besmirch Biodome, you piece of shit. Wow. By the Biodome, the funniest line of that film I remember, and I did see it in the theater, was when they're on the bunk bed farting on each other and and they're guessing what they ate from the smell of their fart. (laughs) That's sheer genius. It's hilarious. That part's hilarious. Oh, my God. I saw it in the theater, too. Oh, God. Those are your Amazon five-star reviews. Kevin Israel, anything else you want to wrap up on? Anthony Cumia as well. No, I think you guys, listen, I think, I think somewhere John Woo just fell down and he doesn't know why. And, uh, and I think we did a, we did a pretty good job massacring this movie. What other John Woo films besides Hard Target he did? I rewatched that not too long ago. That's not good either with Van Damme as a <laughs> Southern Cajun boy and Wilford Brimley as a Cajun Bayou guy. <laughs> That'll make your asshole pucker up a bit. But there's a game, if you, uh, if you, Anthony, I know you play games. There's a game called Stranglehold, I think for PS3, that's John Woo directed. I think it's Chow oh. Yun Fat, where he's a cop, and you go around and you shoot shit like you are in Face Off or any of his movies. Oh. It's pretty fucking fun. Go get it at a, at, yeah. a, at a GameStop or whatever. Yeah, I just thought this film sucked. We all thought this film sucked. No surprise. Uh, Kevin Israel, did Anthony Cumia gut the sacred cow? 
He didn't just gut it. He did a Mortal Kombat scorpion finish on it, ripping out its spine and then setting it on fire. Uh, and I Sub-Zero, think rightfully Sub-Zero so. would rip his spine out, to be honest. All right. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Scorpion you're right. put the mask off and set him yeah. on fire as yes. a Mortal Kombat nerd. I combined the two. <laughs> wow, you are um, a connoisseur. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 think it's a, I think this is a no-brainer. This, uh, this movie was gut and put to bed. Not only did he gut it, I feel he opened the cow's mouth after he was done eviscerating it and then took a big steaming dump on its mouth, in its <laughs> mouth and then took an asparagus piss over his face and eyes. <laughs> Anthony Cumio did a hell of a job. Anthony Cumio, where can we find you besides Compound Media? Well, that's pretty much it. CompoundMedia.com. Me and Dave uh, Landau do a show from 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday, Eastern Time. Uh, on Compound Media, and uh, yeah, that that's about it. One quick thing about uh, John Travolta in, in any movie, we directly have Quentin Tarantino to thank for every single <laughs> post ninety four John Travolta movie. It, it, Pulp Fiction brought him back from doing the Talking Baby movies, and we got <laughs> to sit through an unbelievable amount of Travolta's shit based on. That one movie, Pulp Fiction, which is amazing. I think Travolta's great in that. But uh, to warrant all the shit we've had to sit through with him in it, Quentin can go screw himself. <laughs> Listen, you're 100% right. Pulp Fiction is my second favorite film of all time. But because of that, we had to sit through Swordfish, albeit uh, Swordfish. See, see Holly Berry's tits. Yes, and... And, of course, who can ever forget the classic Broken Arrow with Travolta yes. and Christian Slater? Oh, yes. That film is not good. Just crap over the top. And the general's daughter. Hey, but who else is going to help pay for those Travolta jets that he can do Scientology <laughs> experiments on? Yuck. Don't forget Take Punisher. Take I like the up. Punisher. And, by the way, it shocked me to see Thomas Jane was in this movie. Yes. I yes. had no, I And he came that. out and I was like, is that fucking Thomas Jane? Yes. And I then they ended too. up being together again in uh, in Punisher. I like the Punisher. I like the Punisher. I like the Punisher. I don't know. Yeah. I did. No, I like the Punisher, too. Anthony Cumia, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody, check him out at compoundmedia.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Check him out. Thanks you so can, much, Anthony. Yeah, you can see him in the awesome. morning show as well and, and on Anthony's show from uh, about a week and a half ago as this airs. And that's it for Gutting the Sacred Cow. Thanks again, Anthony Cumia, Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel. We're out of here. Take care, guys. See you next week. <laughs>